Hi, I'm Steve. I'm Erin. And I'm Daniel. And we're the Verbal Reasoning Podcast. Three friends with professional scientific backgrounds. Talking about all things under the sun in the most digestible way. Enjoy. Welcome back to the podcast. Today we're joined by Chelsea, also known as Chelsea Eco on Instagram. And uh, basically what she does is she promotes like cheap vegan recipes, uh, reviews ethical and sustainable products and gives general tips on how to live greener. Uh, To give more of a background on her, she also works in the technology sector and has a really keen interest in pushing eco-friendly solutions, uh, especially on uh, renewable energy. Uh, Maybe Chelsea will give you a chance to introduce yourself. (laughs) Hi, so I'm Chelsea, as Steve has said. I know Steve from work, so we both work at the same place. Um, recently, well, I've been vegetarian for a long time now, a good mm-hmm. few years, and recently, during lockdown, I've decided to take it further and go vegan. So, like Steve said, in general, I'm really interested in eco living, sustainable living, and future technology technologies to improve, well, alternative technologies to what we currently have that improve yeah. emissions and whatnot. So yeah, so I'm working in future technologies in an aerospace company in Bristol. So um very cool. <laughs> yeah, we're doing a lot of interesting stuff. Nice. Maybe like I'll kick it off with a very broad like first big question. Growing up, you know, we've been told about global warming. And See, now introduce me. Bro. Hi. <laughs> you're irrelevant, Rohan, I'm not joking. <laughs> so yeah, that's a good point. Today we also have Rohan on the, on the podcast. But listen, yeah, I'm doing you a favour, yeah? Yeah, behave yourself. <laughs> so today we also have Rohat. He's, oh, cool, 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 he's been on on previous podcasts and uh, he's obviously a sports scientist. So he can give us also an insight on that side of things when we get to the vegan um, lifestyle. Uh, but yeah, I'll, I'll keep Thank back you. on track before Rohat rudely interrupted, yeah? So <laughs> maybe the first question, uh, the broad one, like I said, global warming, we were taught about it in schools and as we went on in life now we're really experiencing the effects of it and I, I wanted to ask you like personally do you think global warming is the most pertinent issue facing mankind right now i think that there are so many issues facing mankind right now especially today mm-hmm. as we know there's a lot going on and i think every issue is very important just as important as one another there's none that are more important right the thing with global warming, though, where it's slightly different is we're almost on a timeline. Uh, so there's going to be a point where if we don't change the way we treat the earth yeah. and make changes in our day-to-day lifestyle, like nature is just going to destroy us. Yeah. And it's already happening, like rising sea levels, melting ice caps. Like earlier this year, we saw extreme weather and like fires in Australia. So, and that's not my personal opinion. Like, that's the science. It's going to catch up with us if we don't do anything, and then we're going to be in real trouble. Mm. How long do we have? Well, I, there's no definite, you know, number of years that we have, but we can just see already that we're facing consequences of climate change and global warming. Mm-hmm. And one day, if we just carry on living as we currently are, one day, there will be some kind of natural disaster or extreme weather that we can't cope with anymore. Mm. And we will just, you know, get destroyed by it. I'll play devil's advocate, right? And let's say some people have the argument that, you know, 
extreme weather conditions such as the ice age uh, occurred in the past on, on the planet Earth. And therefore, global warming, in a sense, can be seen as a natural uh, kind of change. What would you say to like people that say have that kind of argument? Yeah, I think that's true. We have seen extreme conditions in the past that have been out of our control. But I think the difference now is, so the, the last ice age, I don't know when it was, but it was kind of at a time when we were still hunting and gathering. So it was almost like we weren't the direct cause behind that extreme weather it was just the earth Mm -hmm. now it seems like humans are having a direct effect on the climate so like the hole in the ozone layer that's completely down to us rising sea levels it's just we're the cause of it now if it Mm. was more natural then it would be different but Mm -hmm. we have the power to slow down these phenomena if even if they are natural they can happen naturally we have the power to slow them yeah do you think like what do you think plays a big uh like role in the in the slowing down of of this kind of effect do you think like energy or technology what what do you think people should focus on so currently how we live so like getting in our car to go somewhere getting on an aircraft these forms of transport emit so much shit (laughs) like NOx particulate matter greenhouse Mm. gases carbon dioxide and it's these gases these emissions that are resulting in climate change yeah so it's it's like chemistry isn't it so I'm putting out this product into the world it's going to react with things Mm. and then that reaction isn't always going to have a good outcome It's going to cause things like holes in the ozone layer, rising sea levels, you know, the ice melt. It's going to heat up the earth. What do you think the future then has to be in order to change? Do you think we need to stop flying completely? No. How do you think it needs to change? You can't do that. Yeah, exactly. It's so naive to say, walk to work, cycle to work, fly less. It's naive because it's not going to happen. Like the way our society has been built up, we have made it essential that we need cars we need aircraft so Mm. it's yeah it's ridiculous to say stop using these forms of transport because they're causing global warming that's not going to happen what we need to do is work with the industry that put out these transports and improve them Mm. like you said we need to look into alternative energies alternative technology to control the emissions of cars of aircraft rather than stop using them completely because that's yeah it's not going to happen yeah it's not going to happen is it like it's like you said we're so dependent on travel and yeah uh, the the only way we can make it stop is if we like accept that we're going to go back to hunter gathering kind of societies yeah i don't know how many people yeah yeah it's not going to happen can can we make can we make it stop or can we just slow it down so i'm trying to say is it inevitable that this disaster is going to come around but what we can do is just slow it down it is going to come around now i think we have the power to stop a lot of it so like years ago when there was a big hole in the ozone layer because of um what are they called high fluorocarbons something yeah, like that stuff on fridges yeah <laughs> and like uh, aerosol aerosols it's now when we really cracked down on use of those the ozone layer did start repairing itself and I think that's the same oh. for a lot of the stuff we see. 
So um, rising yeah. sea levels is a really big one. The Earth ten tends to have like this, I don't know, just like from an observational point of view, like whenever we're doing stuff, it starts to like recover. Yeah, exactly. Okay. But also just like human health as well, remember. So these okay. emissions are really bad for us. So mm -hmm. by better controlling them, our health will be improved as well. That's true. But I yeah, like in inevitably, sorry. They, they, they banned aerosols, haven't they? Like the, the yeah. products inside them. Mm. Exactly. So the ozone layer did start recovering after that which is really interesting. So it goes to show what we do does have a direct impact on the planet. But yeah, inevitably one day, I'm sure something will happen that will wipe us out. Like we're going to get swallowed by the sun or something, but there's nothing we can do about that. And that's talking millions of years. You got me scared there, Chelsea. <laughs> I'm going to pack my bags in right now. And <laughs> Go to Mars. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, okay. So that's well and good, but like what alternatives do we have uh, for example, if we look specifically at like the energy industry, um, do you think nuclear energy is the future or uh, in general, how do you think we should be transitioning? Because I think at the moment we're still quite reliant on uh, burning uh, fossil fuels. But what, what alternative is promising? So just from my experience, I know that alternatives are already being used, but just not fully. Mm. So they work? Yeah, they work. Oh, okay. When it comes to full transition to these alternatives, we probably will have some problems, but that's mm. what we're working on now, overcoming these problems. Yeah. But the fact of the matter is they're out there already in use. Mm. It's just now we're trying to get a full transition to them rather than relying on like fossil fuels mm. and crude oil. But in a sense, it'll be, it'll be difficult because what I understand is that you know, crude oil is not only used in, for example, energy but also in a lot of our products uh, like plastics um we used we use oil in these uh, in the the process of like manufacturing them in your experience because i've seen some products on your um instagram page and they're, they're kind of like replacement for example the the, the most impressive one was the, the face scrub the yeah. face so like you know usually they're like disposable uh, cotton stuff or, or whatever but that that one was really interesting how it was just um, you know you just rewash it do you think yeah. that like on a day-to-day -day basis for human beings that maybe they don't have an effect on technology, what kind of changes can they make in their lives to improve? Well, day-to-day, -day, you can make simple swaps like that. And plastic, you say about plastic, sure, crude oil is used for plastic, but it's not a necessity. We don't need to be using plastic. And it seems like a very Western thing almost to use, have to have plastic bags and stuff. Like when I've been away before, and gone to a supermarket, plastic bags, I can use a brown paper bag, you know, and Tesco um, by me has recently started using brown paper bags mm -hmm. instead of plastic bags to put your fruit and stuff in. So we don't need plastic at all, really. Yeah. yeah, I always wondered that. Like you walk into a store, you want to buy like just some oranges or bananas and it's just wrapped in plastic. Yeah, it's ridiculous. In, like for what? Like I just, I just need to put this in a, like you said, like in a brown paper bag and let me just take it and weigh it and, you know, buy it. Exactly. I, where does this come from? I, I, I'm not sure. No, it's, it's, it comes from like money, doesn't it? So these mm. plastic manufacturers, they've started as a business and that business is funded quite well. So they're going to keep putting out their plastic products. Yeah, I guess but so. But as soon as the demand changes, then there'll be more profit in by like, you know, people manufacturing disposable carrier bags and paper bags. Also, another way to improve, obviously, is 
diet, so a vegan or a vegetarian diet, mm-hmm. uses, well, there's so reduced emissions from these diets. Mm. Well, yeah, but maybe we can move on to like the vegan yeah. stuff. So I don't know, veganism is often like hand in hand, uh, called like, you know, the eco warrior style. Um... Yeah, <laughs> like that stereotype. <laughs> yeah. Um, how would you describe? Well, I mean, maybe we can start off with like, how did you get into being a vegetarian and then obviously eventually becoming a vegan? What was your like, what was your kick start? So while at university, well, I think just in general, my whole life, I've always really cared about animals and felt sorry mm-hmm. for them and the way they're treated. So as a child, I used to always ask my mum, mum, I don't want to eat meat anymore. I want to be vegetarian. And she'd almost be like, don't be silly, you know, you're yeah. Italian, you eat meat. <laughs> so but then when I moved away to go to university, I had more freedom. So yeah. I ate mostly vegetarian at the beginning of university in 2014. Mm. I wasn't ever officially vegetarian. I was kind of on and off. Mm. Um, and it was always for the animals, for sure, always for the animals. I didn't really know about the environmental benefits. Yeah. And then, so I studied chemistry at university. And I was always very interested in the environmental topics. And then in my final year of university, when we were working on our dissertations, my dissertation was on um, controlling particulate matter and nitrogen oxide emissions from oh, diesels, cool. from diesel engines, so diesel yeah. cars. And then when I was researching everything for that and doing it in my literature review, I was just so angry because oh, I really? never realized how bad it was. Well, so so when you were researching about it, was it like the animal part that was contributing to it? or? So this is now purely environment. Okay. So I just realized how badly mm. we treat the environment. Yeah. And I felt kind of powerless. Just sure I can do all this research, but realistically not much will come from it. Like mm. diesel engines are still going to be out there. So I wanted to almost do something. What can I do to make a difference? Yeah. And when I was researching it, the answer was clear that I can cut meat from my diet mm. to have a big impact. Mm. So that's what I did and became Maybe, vegetarian. That's cool. Maybe I can play devil's advocate, right? Again, <laughs> um, some people might not have an object, an object, like a moral objection on uh, killing animals. What would you say to those people that, that don't have that moral objection? And that's their, that's why they, they say, oh, you know, I don't want to be a vegetarian, etc. I mean... It depends, doesn't it, on what they meet. So, like, if you yourself would go out and kill an animal and eat it, yeah, that's different from someone who just eats meat but doesn't understand where their meat comes from. Mm-hmm. Like, even for me, like, when I wasn't vegetarian, I never thought about where my meat came from. Like, I obviously knew an animal was killed for it. Yeah. But... If we're so detached from that so when I started investigating more mm. it's completely immoral straight up how animals are treated especially in western culture where they're mass produced yeah. so if somebody I don't think it's moral like it's straight up not ever moral but if someone admits and says it's really immoral how animals are treated but I'm still going to eat animals yeah like there's not much I can do about that really I still think what they're doing isn't right and I think this is the thing, the more we talk about it with people who don't think it is wrong to eat animals, the more 
they will go away and maybe research it and eventually you know yeah, Rohat, what's my... your opinion on this? Yeah. Well, um, I I agree. Like, it, the thing is, I, obviously, I'm not a vegan, mm. and I um, I've tr- I, and I've tried it, but it's it's so difficult. That's what I find uh, my issue is. Like, I was eating something, and I thought, yeah, this is a nice good vegan meal, and then I remembered butter was used to to make it. So I'm like, there we go. That's I failed that already. And with the moral <laughs> stance, like, I agree. I I hope it wasn't the case. But like I really, I really enjoy the food, and I know that's that's very selfish. Mm. But I just can't. I just I find the transition really hard. So I wanted to ask you how the transition from like vegetarian to vegan was for you. So initially, though, back five years ago, I was the same as you. I find it really hard, and I was very on and off. I tried it, then I stopped it, and then I tried it again. And the more I kept trying it, one day it just stuck. The diet just stuck, and this was being vegetarian. Yeah. Um, and then the transition I find from vegetarian to vegan is really easy. Okay. Oh, okay. I think like the more, it's really good that you've tried it. And I think the more you keep trying it, the easier it does become. And for me, maybe it helps because I really love cooking. So yeah. I'm happy to sit there and plan my meals and know what vegetables I want to buy. And it's so amazing what you can cook just from using vegetables, like not even alternatives. Mm. So yeah, it's insane. So me and my boyfriend, he's also vegan. When we lived in Toulouse together for his job, we ate purely plant-based when we cooked in the house. And it was, yeah, it was so easy. We find Mm. it so easy. It's just, I think if you sit, it's obviously a privilege to be able to sit there and meal plan and think about these things. But when you do have the time to do it, it's really easy, I find, and really cheap. You can make huge meals yeah. for nothing. That's true. Yeah, yeah, like that's true. Like for me, like I kind of so my diet. I wouldn't call myself a vegetarian, but I have a let's say a plant based diet. So I try to eat plants more mm. as as much as I can, more than meat. But personally, myself, I don't have a moral objection on like animals dying for me to eat them. I I don't see where the the moral gri- uh, gripe comes from. I do agree though that the mass production of you know meat the way it's done um, for like cheap meats, it's, it's really bad. Yeah. But what, what would you say to someone that, that has like, for example, if they go and buy their meat from a free range source or, or from like a kind of ethically farmed source, do you think that that's okay morally or do you think that's still not okay? What was your opinion I, on that? I don't think it's okay. I think we, it's all the same. Like no matter what label you put on it at the end of the day, it's all the same. So people, I think, will buy something that's free range or organic that has that label on it. And in a way, it's almost them trying to justify that it's humane. So it's like, oh, it's okay, though. I bought a free range chicken. It had a good life. So it's death is okay. It's the right thing. You know, it's moral. To me, they all fall under the same thing, which is just cruelty. Uh It's quite interesting as well. Yeah. Um, so obviously like it's good that there's like a moral stance to this but uh, because of the if I'm not mistaken I remember reading an article because of the demand for more play, uh, plant-based uh, diets um, where we source these uh, stuff from the pricing of uh, those increase in the like developing countries mm. and so because the price increases the people the locals who live there now they can't afford like uh, uh, the plant-based diets we have here that yeah. I 
atoms here. So, so now it's like a question of, okay, so, okay, this might be morally good for the animals, but now the humans over there in that lo lower developing country, now they can't afford something they're used to because of our demand. Mm, yeah. So now that becomes a problem. And now it's like, oh no, now what do we do then? Yeah, it's a huge problem. But it's really interesting though, because the demand, funnily enough, for vegetables and soy, the majority of that that is grown in developing countries is fed to livestock. It's some, it's, I don't know the specific oh, I don't know the specific percentage, but it's over 50%. Over 50% of what is grown in the Amazon and in developing countries mm -hmm. is fed to livestock that are mass produced. Mm. It's something, it's, it's ridiculous. You just can't come out of it. It's just, you try yeah. to do good and then you go wrong and then you try to do something wrong and then you go, you can't come out of it. Yeah, yeah sadly, like, yeah. that's the society we live in. We can only do our best. So to me, being plant-based is the best I can do. There's still problems with it, like mm. you've said, but it's kind of the lesser of the evil. Mm -hmm. Well, yeah, it's ridiculous how much of those crops are fed to livestock. Though I think I read somewhere that it's enough to solve world hunger. It's disgusting. Ah, that's interesting. So, like, if you cut out again, it comes back to if you cut out that meat and your demand for meat, less of the products that we're growing that are plant-based are going to be fed to the livestock and used for our food. So it's all. I don't really eat a lot of meat anyway. I'm, I'm, I, I don't like red meat a lot. It's just yeah. my problem is chicken. <laughs> Other than that, I don't really eat meat personally as well. Yeah, well, that's a great like this. Saving the probably panel. better than a lot of you know other people. Yeah. It's like like I would never tell someone you have to be vegan. You know, it's personal. You mm. you do things in your own time and you do what you think's best for your body. Yeah. But yeah, back to the free range and organic thing. Yeah. It's really interesting because if you do read into these labels more, free range, for example, you'd think, oh, that's way better than a factory farmed animal. Mm -hmm. But for example, free range chickens, it literally just means they're in a cage all cramped together, but they're outside, they're on mm. grass. Their beaks are still chopped off so they can't, you know, peck at each other because they're so cramped. Yeah. And like, with organic as well the chicks the male chicks are still ground up for chicken nuggets and things like that it's awful and they're still at the end of the day slaughtered for me so there's no it's all immoral in my eyes no matter if you buy factory farm or organic it's all the mm. same they may but, have a better short-term life sure but in long term let's say like i'm just, again i'm just gonna push what i think like yeah in my opinion if we push for more organic uh things the the trend towards f animal farming let's say you put your money towards more um uh, let's say a better lifestyle than the factory farming uh the more money you put into it the trend will start to kind of curve towards what we want where you know animals obviously that's also bad cutting off the beaks etc but but then eventually like they'll real the industry will realize okay this is what the consumers want therefore we'll push towards that side and maybe one day it'll be uh, ethical farming. Um, what do you think mm. of that approach? I just don't think farming can ever be ethical. I'm, I'm, I'm getting a sense that like, for you, it's like just the animal dying is, um, is really the, the key point. Uh, yeah. is, that, is that like the, is, is, that, is that the point that really, that you can't get over where it's like, you know, if an animal's dying, 
no matter how you farm it or if you, even if you give it a sofa and a house <laughs> it'll, it's still the same thing yeah for sure because it's like it's almost like we've come in humans and we just think our lives are way more valuable than any other species and it's absurd to me because we've kind of created this society where in western society anyway it's like I can go and eat, I can go and buy bacon, I can go buy chicken. That means that animal's been exploited. But if I went outside and kicked a dog, like people mm. would be in uproar at me. And it's crazy that we've created this system where certain species are more valuable than others. To me, we're, we're all the same. We should all be the same. Like a chicken thinks a chicken, his life is more valuable than mine, you know? So why should I exploit? I would, so I'm going to play devil advocate. <laughs> <laughs> today I'm, I'm the demon <laughs> no it's good it's good Satan. to discuss it but let, let's say like someone may may argue that um you know the the animal inherently does not have as much importance as a human being because it's a, it's first of all unable to achieve anything a human being can achieve secondly it's traditionally a bird of like you, you know it's a preyed on animal not just humans prey on chickens but you know cats will do etc um so in in a sense it already has an inherent kind of uh, in, in at least in the um the food chain it's lower down and that can't really be argued what would you say for someone who has that kind of opinion oh well, yeah in the if you're talking about like in the wild the natural there's going to be a natural like chain of predator prey but that's necessary that's for survival these are like a fox will go hunt a chicken or a rabbit because it genuinely needs food you know we humans in our society we it's not necessary for us to eat meat and kill animals for it because we've got so much food and there's so many alternatives now that we could be eating like it's crazy like you say like yeah chicken can't achieve what humans have achieved but just because we're intelligent doesn't mean we're more valuable, you know, like things like an elephants and like killer whales, they have whole areas of the brain that we don't have that are purely emotional. So technically you could say, well, they have a higher emotional capacity than humans. They're more valuable in that sense, but it's not true, is it? We're all just as valuable, really. Mm, that's an interesting standpoint. What do you think, Rohat? What's your opinion? Uh it's difficult like, like because i agree with everything um chelsea's saying uh but it's just the transition is um i think it's very hard for a lot of people yeah and then there's like the more older heads who just don't want to have it you know them people in america i'm gonna have my meat da, 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 without really understanding yeah so I agree. Right. I, yeah i agree I, I like if if it wasn't if it was an easier process then i would have um definitely uh try to also take that pathway because there is health benefits to it but um there's also some negatives to it as well so i could understand so i'm really i'm really on the fence with it mm. That's so I think, though. yeah i think a balance personally well not personally i think because the science as well i think a balanced diet if we're just going on the health uh, pathway it, um, it might be more beneficial but definitely morally uh, vegan the vegan team has has the, has the point so, yeah. the rest of the world maybe we can move on to like in terms of like diet wise so if we take away the morality and we look at is this healthy is this a healthy lifestyle for a human being or is it an effective lifestyle for a human being and uh 
like one of my maybe one of my gripes might be like in poorer in poorer cultures where they can't mm-hmm. afford these you know substitute like high level substitutes um for example a gallon of milk can be like really healthy for them just to grow yeah. etc i agree yeah so, so so what would you say to someone that would argue like perhaps the the vegan i think it's more the vegan um diet isn't necessarily a healthy thing uh, unless you can afford the supplements etc i don't i don't have a lot of supplements or alternatives personally i think you can get absolutely everything you need from plants and vegetables but again like i said before it's really a privilege to have the time to think about it so i have loads of time to sit and plan my shop and make sure i'm getting everything i need in my diet like you said if someone lives poorer they're thinking about what they can eat rather than you know they're not thinking about ethics or morals so it's definitely a privilege to be able to think about this stuff Mm. Uh, if poorer people still eat meat and dairy they need it don't they it it comes down to that necessity rather than like but the majority of us don't need it this is yeah my understanding is that like that i did a bit of research behind it and obviously you can correct me if i'm wrong but the the main issue with especially a vegan diet is that although you do you can get the protein from your diet from beans you can't get like the complex proteins that are like necessary for for the human body to basically uh, like to to be healthy and usually that's only available easily available in meat and dairy products where you can you can supplement your diet for example but that's really the the health gripe that i see online that people have with the vegan diet Mm, yeah i know what you mean like um vitamin b12 is only in animal products but it's really funny because people who eat animal products still don't get enough b12 you need quite a bit of it yeah it's like and it's not there's still not enough in animal products so a lot of um yeah exactly like a lot of alternatives like soy milk and nutritional yeast so you really like that sounds gross but it's really nice um they have enough b12 in yeah so it's really funny because most vegans that drink soy and have nutritional yeast or alternatives are getting more b12 than someone who goes and buys a steak Mm. but health is personal it's really because personally myself from transitioning to vegetarian and vegan i feel so healthy Mm. i think it's mental as well like for me if i ate a chicken nugget now i'd be thinking about the chicken and it would make me feel really down and then that has an effect and also just in general physical health like strength wise mm-hmm. skin i just feel healthier but then i won't that might not be the same for somebody else you know it is personal health i know there's yeah. a lot of studies for veganism being healthier and i obviously agree with that but i wouldn't force that on someone else you know i think health is very personal you know what makes your body feel good that's very true yeah like yeah. like you said like depending on your health goals like to be a vegan might fit in actually perfectly mm. well, I, I know like at least for like uh high level athletes um because i'm really into the fight scene so i'm looking at high level athletes and there were some athletes that tried to become vegan but then they quickly switched back to um you know uh they can at least consume dairy or meat products yeah. because it's not viable for what they're what kind of body they're trying to build and i think dan's a good um so dan finally arrived on the podcast 
and uh, essentially. Hi. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Hello. Yeah. Sorry about my tardiness. Yeah. So Dan, Dan's really into like uh, bodybuilding and strength training. Um, maybe he can give his perspective on like mm. what would you think, Dan? If you could, could you continue without eating any meat or dairy products? Personally, I could get rid of dairy products and traditional um, on land meat. But I couldn't get rid of fish. Hmm. I, I couldn't live without, mm. without fish. For, for you, Dan, what about fish is like? Why can't you get rid of fish? What's... It's just too nice. <laughs> if I'm honest, that's the only reason. Ah, so it's like, and I feel like it's really clean mm. compared to, to meat. That's a really like, interesting uh, point beef. there. Because a lot of people say that as well, but meat is just so tasty, you know? But it's like, if I killed a chicken and I have some nice chicken yeah. is it worth exploiting that animal for what 10 minutes of pleasure while I'm eating it and it's really interesting because then it raises the debate well like us now we'd say it's immoral it's so wrong to exploit anything just for a bit of pleasure you know applied to a lot of situations so why can we do it to an animal just because they taste nice you know mm. it's like five minutes of pleasure yeah. for the death of something the same thing can be but the same thing can be said for, you know, that Nike top that he's wearing or she's yeah, wearing. Yeah, for sure. It's, it's, like, th- this, is the, this is where I think the problem lies. It's just, if we're going to say, okay, cool, we're exploring this animal, then I'm going to have to get my T-shirt from elsewhere. And then I'm sure there'll be a problem with that T-shirt if it wasn't made by a, a kid in Bangladesh. I'm sure there'll yeah. be another problem with that T-shirt. So it's just like, like you said, you can't, you can't 100% win, but you can no, you kind can. of, you know, get closer closer to the to the winning line or whatever mm. like yeah my opinion on all this stuff is like i don't think like if you're not let's say you're not a vegan i don't think you're necessarily a bad person because you you, you no. could be you could be fighting something on an, on another side for example like poverty or whatever mm-hmm. that a yeah. vegan isn't fighting for like it's, it's difficult because like everyone has their you know ev- everyone expresses like puts their energy towards something yeah you're and so it, right it might not align everyone might not align but I feel like as long as you're trying to do good in general, I, I, I think that's the, that, the positive mindset. That's what should be done, if that makes sense. You yeah. should try. Try and do something. Yeah. This is what I said at the beginning, though, when you asked, do you think like global warming is the most important issue we face? It's n- n- well, it's important. Everything's important. Like you said, poverty is important. We've got to fight racism. We have to fight sweatshops. We, there's so much that needs to be fixed. Yeah. So yeah and people are going to want to put more energy into different things so everyone is right for doing that like yeah. it's down to what you align with most i'm not sure what's been said but i, I do agree with trying like just cutting down your meat yeah how much you eat in a week definitely yeah like, I, I, because I know like sorry no. we're talking about the morality but what about like you know when they're cutting down the amazon rainforest to make um space for ranches yeah. to, to rear cows and stuff but i feel like there's too much meat in the system yeah yeah like, there's yeah, a lot of waste yeah. totally. so the planet's suffering for all the growing and the, the rearing and all that stuff Mm-mm. when if we ate maybe just two days less of meat then it might save the planet in the long run for the deforestation and etc I totally agree. Yeah, that's what I try to do with me. I think. Like, I try to limit, you know, throughout the week. I try to limit the because even when I eat, like, let's say I eat meat every day, 
I feel bad, like my body doesn't like it. Yeah, exactly. That's how I used to feel. <laughs> yeah, but but like when I let, let's say if I if I limit it to like a reasonable amount, and some days I have like just a purely veggie diet. I I wouldn't call it a vegan diet, but like heavily with vegetables and carbs. Mm. And then I eat meat, like let's say Monday or Friday or Monday and Friday. Then I feel much better. And I I feel like like Dan said, you know, taking these small steps, like with what you're comfortable with, will still help. Uh, with the environment you don't need to go from zero yeah, to yeah in the long run it's quite good yeah, yeah for sure like the more steps you're taking the better like if you're d- decreasing that demand for the mass produced meat then it's gonna pay off eventually so maybe we can like move a little bit onto like a slight tangent on let's say hunting so you know like in a, a lot of cultures uh Ooh. hunting is part of the day-to-day and uh, for example, here in the UK, we have the fox hunting, mm. which some people, you know, the way they try to um, try to, uh, what's the word? Like, um, oh, damn it. Glaze <laughs> over? When they try to like confirm why it's sugarcoat a good... Sugarcoat it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> sugarcoat it. Let's like make it excuses. I'm trying to be neutral yeah. just to get people's opinions. <laughs> when they try to justify it, that's the word, justify it. They say, oh, you know, like it's a cultural practice and... Uh, by us practicing it, it's practicing it, you know our cultural background. What do you say to that kind of sport calling uh, kind of activities? That's stupid. Yeah, <laughs> like... <laughs> just because it's a culture. That's just, there's so yeah. many like in the Middle East, they'll get young girls to marry old men. Like it's a horrible culture just because it's a culture. It doesn't mean we should carry on with it. Oh, exactly. Yeah, yeah. it's wrong. It's so crazy as well because people don't realize hunting is obviously awful because you're going out and you're just killing something for fun i mean there's so mm. much more you can be doing in 2020 to get amusement but also like people don't realize how damaging hunting is for ecosystems so like you said in england fox hunting's a pretty common thing and with middle class people people enjoy doing it if you're taking away all the foxes there's gonna be like what do foxes eat rabbits rabbits right. Yeah, there's going to be suddenly overpopulation. a rabbits population. Mm. And then rabbits, they eat vegetation, they eat crops. And then that comes back to affect humans because like, we need vegetation to breathe. Rabbits are eating it all. We're having a bit of an imbalance here. It affects biodiversity. There was a really good example, actually, in Yellowstone in America. So it's illegal to hunt there now. But when it was legal, hunters were going out there and killing wolves for like trophies and wolf pelts. Yeah. And then suddenly the deer population in Yellowstone just boomed Short and they had so many deer and they couldn't control them at all. Mm. And they were eating everything. It was damaging the whole ecosystem there. And then eventually they've reintroduced wolves back. So what, like, what would you say though? Like in the UK, I know we have a big problem with deers because we don't have any, um, we got rid of all our wolves and bears. Uh, I know in America, what's a big thing, what they do do is they allow, for example, they give permits for hunters to hunt, uh, it's kind of like pest control overpopulated hogs or hunting season yeah yeah they know they know it needs to be controlled and Mm -hmm. uh, the hunters will as long as it's in the ethical kill range what they consider ethical essentially the animal dies instantly and they actually if you think about it they're able to take the whole body home and probably eat the whole deer over the course of a year which is probably more ethical than buying a kfc bucket if you really think about it what do you say to that it's so interesting because there's been a Joe Rogan podcast on this and a vegan called Earthling Ed has 
challenged what Joe Rogan said because Joe Rogan has said exactly that that it's almost he's taking this ethical viewpoint it's almost a good he's doing a good thing by going out and killing deer because they're yeah they're a pest they're gonna die anyway you know and again it comes down to humans we've created this like strange society where we think the way we treat animals is almost like good um also in the joe rogan podcast he also said that exact point where he has killed an elk before taken it home and it's fed him for a year yeah it's not entirely true because while he may have this elk meat lying around for a long time he's still going to the supermarket you know and buying his day-to-day groceries which probably include meat so if anything he's just adding the problem and also the reason deer are such a problem is because of us hunting in the first place we've hunted off their natural predators mm. so it's it's like we've created the issue then we're, we think we're really smart by saying oh we'll fix the issue you know by killing yeah. all of these deer but also there in america there are so many other ways around killing the deer so i think they've introduced contraception which is i don't know how they've done it they've introduced contraception into well, that's probably very like intrusive as well if you think about it like uh, I, I guess you have to neuter him or you know no they've like they feed them it's in the food they've like like women take the pill i think it's something like that it's strange but that's strange yeah. there's basically there's ways around it mm. yeah but we've i don't know like li- listening to what you said i agree with you in some sense and then another it sounds kind of sick yeah yeah the contraception part sounds like i know yeah it's weird but But, like just taking your points so i i do agree when you said like um like well let me go part to the part i don't agree with so so when you said like um you know he he probably buys groceries at home and you know shops and still buys meat but like for for, for sure actually I, i kind of agree with you yeah okay that's that's sure for sure but it, again, I think for me, the part that, that I have an issue with, like the veganism, I, I can admit that there's an environmental benefit to eating it or whatever. But when it comes to like the, my personal belief, my personal feelings on animals dying, like I, I don't I don't necessarily have that hard of a connection with an animal. And it might come up like looking back, I, I did try to look into like why do I feel that way? And uh, maybe it's like the way I was brought up uh, with, I, I remember going to like my granddad's place. Mm. and like he'd make, yeah he'd make he'd make me like slaughter a rabbit right and skip mm. a rabbit. and for me I, I i had a connection with death let's say animal death and food i understood it from a very very early age let's say from the age of like eight ish you know when my, yeah. my granddad would slaughter it and give it to me to skin it and then obviously i slowly brought me into it as well so i understood the connection and i was very content with it mm-hmm. do you think like that's maybe maybe that's part of an issue in like western society where we don't have that connection with where our meat comes from and therefore this is where this sentiment is coming from because naturally if you think about naturally back in the days like we didn't have any issues at all with killing animals there was no like the you know apart from Mm. the only only society i can think of is the hindus which is not necessarily just about animal rights it's more about uh, spirituality yeah like in, in 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 our history we never had a ethical gripe with you know animals dying what my my like my little uh, explanation is that we're not connected to the food chain directly so therefore it comes to a shock to us when we find out suddenly that animals are dying what would you say to to that kind of thinking or idea i think so firstly 
like you said, back a long time ago, we would kill animals and not feel sad about it. It comes down to necessity. So clearly back then we lived a very different lifestyle than we do now. We needed to hunt and to kill animals to survive, you know, because a lot of stuff wasn't accessible to us like it is today. We needed to eat at the end of the day. And with you growing up and, you know, understand it, like killing your own food and understanding death, I think that's a really good step. Well, like, basically, that's a lot better than, yeah, a lot of Western culture and how we're brought up being so detached from where our food comes from. In some sense, you're showing the animal more respect by, you know, like looking it in the eye and killing it yourself. acknowledging its death basically kind of yeah obviously for me it still wouldn't it's still kind of not in a line with my morals it comes down to necessity like if your family have rabbits and they don't have you know like in the middle east and in a lot of other countries they don't have big supermarkets like we do in western culture so they're not going to be able to get everything they need just from going down to asda Mm -hmm, they mm -hmm. need like you said, you everyone needs a balanced diet. We are lucky enough to be able to get that where we live yeah. from a supermarket. But in other countries, they need meat and dairy because they still need to complete that balanced diet, you know? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I get what you mean. And like I it's necessity. Agree. It comes to, down to necessity. Yeah, I, I agree that the supermarket uh, model has made things so easy for us as human beings. Um, yeah that we really take it for granted that we can literally get anything at any time without having uh, one 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 shop like we don't even need to you know go anywhere else where if you ask me like is that a good thing i don't think that's a good thing actually i don't really agree with supermarkets but the fact is they exist and like you said it makes it easier for us to actually make a conscious choice on how to live when other societies or cultures don't have that. Why don't you agree with supermarkets? Yeah, what do you mean by that? <laughs> because, yeah. because, like, basically, basically, it just makes things so easy to to get. Dan, why? Sorry, I mean, Steve, why do you why do you love a struggle? <laughs> why do you want to struggle? So Brother, I don't know. I just I just love the pain, isn't it? I'm a masochist. <laughs> no, oh, but yeah. for me, supermarkets. It's it's my connection to the Caribbean. How am I going to get the stuff from over there? to to Chelmsford or oh, I London mean. I yeah mean. For, yeah that's a good point yeah it comes with pros and cons but like wouldn't you prefer it that everything's like locally produced and you can source like you can you know that oh you know I got locally produced like, in this country <laughs> no but you, oh, Steve. that's the issue yeah <laughs> this is the problem isn't it like we're so detached from where our food comes from yeah and things like um more specific things obviously will still need to be exported from places but like vegetables and fruit our vegetables and fruit are so processed like yeah it's because it we can't grow a lot here and when we can grow things it's very seasonal so like strawberries don't grow all year round mm. but you see strawberries in a supermarket all year round all it's year like, round yeah it's not natural not <laughs> all right, right then. Dan thinks he's better than us. Like, oh, I don't like strawberries, so it's not an issue. <laughs> no, I like jam. No, don't get me wrong. I think that you can get like farmers' boxes, and they're from local farms, and they just give you all yeah. of the vegetables that are in season that can actually be grown. I, I think I'd prefer it that way. Like, if if I knew, I think you'd you'd you'd, you'd, you'd like you'd appreciate. Edmonton. 
you know, but you nah, not Edmonton Green, but like it depends. You know, during you can only get strawberries during, let's say, the spring, and so you look forward to the spring where you're like, oh yeah, that strawberry season. Yeah, it's and more appreciative, and it's more natural. You don't need to force it. You don't. You don't need to feed your like. God knows what they're feeding like these plants in the UK to make them grow. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Steroids. Yeah, probably stero- like anim- uh, plant steroids. And then I- I'd rather know like, oh, okay, now strawberry season is over. Oh, it's apple season coming again. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It- yeah, for <laughs> sure. <laughs> it's more exciting. <laughs> what do you think, Rohat? That, no, that is so funny. <laughs> it's like, you know, they're announcing the new uh, Apple iPhone. <laughs> That's how I just imagined it. <laughs> I can see Steve licking his lips at Halloween. The pumpkins. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Oh, that's pumpkin when pumpkins are in season, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no, that's I actually enjoy Halloween, October, because I know there's going to be pumpkins out, and that's really the only kind of vegetable that's really seasonal nowadays. But I, I, I think it's more like eco-friendly as well to do it that way because you don't have to force, mm. you know, you don't have to force produce grapes all year round because even in the Mediterranean, you know, where grapes are like natural. You can't get them all year round. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's insane. So, and it's I, also, I, yeah, go on, Chelsea. I was going to say, like, it's also good. If you order a vegetable box in from a local farm, you're supporting someone who, you know, yeah, isn't getting exactly. as much money as a supermarket. It's like supporting a local business who doesn't have a lot. Mm-hmm. So it's almost nicer, isn't it? It is, yeah. Like, Probably even day to day, like, I always, if I have a choice, I go to the corner store to mm. buy like let's say something because i know it's going to go to the boss man and not to, and not <laughs> those to the sandwiches not to a corporate not to buy. no no not those sandwiches no, never that but like there's egg and mayo sandwich that went off like in yeah. 2010 <laughs> no but but at least i know like oh you know what i bought a drink but i bought it from this store because i know it goes to to this person and i, I you know i feel better from like I, I feel like my money went to somewhere productive so if we can do that also on our produces, I think that's a good thing. Yeah, for you sure. Know what that, um, reminds me of what do you feel about farmers getting like subsidies for not selling their crops, so the the market's not overloaded? Can only do that in France. They oh got, really? They got like cornfields for miles and miles. If you just if you've driven through France, you just yeah. see corn everywhere. <laughs> and like my granddad was telling me. That, oh, they just sell it. They don't, mean to, they don't sell it. Sorry, they don't sell it. They just destroy it. And the government pays them, the farmers, to destroy it. So the economy's not... Not got too much corn. That's the shit I've ever heard. Yeah, yeah and like so the water right. table. The water table in the areas is going down. Like the rivers are suffering. Obviously the birds that, that eat the fish in these rivers are suffering. Mm. And the birds that prey on those birds... Suffering, mm. all because yeah, some we don't farmer deserve anything good. You just don't anything good. <laughs> this is what I mean, though. Like again, <laughs> so it comes down good. to cutting the demand for meat because exactly. if that demand for meat was cut and people were buying more corn, then these farmers are gonna, you know, want to get their corn out to the supermarkets. Yeah. That's so true. the more we just get rid of the meat, <laughs> the better things will come. Honestly, all round. But like I, I've seen online that you know if we do switch over to a plant-based, that, let's say everyone is a vegan and we all eat plants, but then we're going to come up with a, a different problem. Not where, strawberries. <laughs> not strawberries. But then we'll come up with a different problem where you know there's going to be mass like plant production 
and this will result in like more likely desert des i think there's a process called desertification desertification yeah, so yeah. I can't say it. <laughs> I can't say it, but <laughs> essentially, what happens is the dirt turns into kind of like dust or sand mm. because it, there's over farm over farming in terms of vegetables, and it does happen. Yeah, like it's it, it always seems like you know we try to do our best, and then another problem comes on top, and it's like you, you ask yourself, like, is it even worth it in the end? Yeah, like I said before, like obviously, like with anything, there's always going to be some sort of toll. It's never going to be perfect unless we literally are self-sustainable and grow our own food. But um, a lot of the plants grown now are being fed to livestock anyway, like ma the majority of them, yeah. over 50% of them. So again, cut that demand for meat. Mm -hmm. And then also if you do cut the demand for there's meat. There's a lot of solutions. Yeah, there's so many. Mm. You cut the demand for meat, that frees up more land because, like you said, in the Amazon, like the deforestation is horrific, and most of that is for livestock. So if you cut in that demand again, that land can be used, is there to be used for plants, mm. and like planting, like putting more plants, growing more plants. It's not really a, like we we need plants. We need plants yeah. to survive. Plants capture emissions in the atmosphere, like they help us breathe. So sure it comes with some sort of toll but overall i'd say it's pretty positive yeah that's, that's interesting there's Maybe a lot of solutions to desert that word that word yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm pretty there's sure a lot of solutions, solutions yeah if you but, just like um, crop rotation um planting trees and hedges so yeah. the roots hold the soil together but you, you like you could i think what it comes down to is cost like and it's the same with uh, animal production right why do they i i know you don't agree with free range but let's say free range is better than factory farming like the solution is to have more free range uh, products but the reason why they don't do it is because it's it's more expensive it's more of a toll on the producers and i'm pretty sure if we do go down that route and uh, by the way we won't be producing most of these products it'll be like the poorer countries that we yeah they they will look to lower the margin and they won't bother with this kind of stuff. They'll just look for new land, which is probably cheaper than uh, investing in long-term solutions. So I think that's always the issue is like, how do we economically convince uh, producers to be more ethical and sustainable? And I think that's the key to it is like trying to, it might be a thing with government where they provide, like you said, subsidies or, or they encourage, um, you know, producers to be more ethical. But, I think that's like the key root of all our issues, actually. Well, like, I don't think the meat industry can ever be ethical, but it's really interesting because it's a business at the end of the day, but the people fueling that business are like the government. So if you look at a lot of commercials on telly for Burger King and stuff, they're like, you know, eat meat, it makes you strong. And the more of that we get rid of, and put more energy into eating veggie and plant-based like the demand for that's going to increase so then there become with increased demand there becomes profit doesn't there becomes money it's sad that everything has to come down to money but that is how we survive that's yeah. how we've created our society so um basically if we cut down meat eat more plants the demand for plants is going to rise and there's going to be more money around farming plants rather than farming animals full stop really mm -hmm. um, um since we're coming to like towards the end of the podcast maybe we can keep it on a lighter mood and you know your instagram is really interesting and like i said i, I saw a lot of products that 
actually I, I'd like to buy as well um, yeah face grab uh, thing was really cool are there mm-hmm. any like cool products you can like suggest to our listeners that that you think like you benefited from and you'd like to share yeah so I don't remember what I shared now <laughs> so like you said the face scrubby thing just reusable things things that are reusable mm. um while they may be expensive to buy you know straight away they're gonna in the long run there's definitely gonna be some kind of financial benefit because you're not having to buy cotton pads every week in the supermarket then that adds up I can just keep washing these reusable like face pads so for ladies who wear makeup and just like cleanse and turn their face I definitely recommend getting reusable face pads Mm. it's gonna save you money it's gonna benefit the environment uh things wh- wh- like where, where can we find this product is it is it available on amazon or yeah they are but if you want to support small businesses etsy's really good because mm-hmm. that's a lot of and then with etsy you always know things are being made in the uk as well so you know there's no like labor uh, behind no brexit brexit yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, you know, we'll... like, there's no child labor or anything. Yeah, like, yeah. On a serious level, no one's getting exploited. Yeah, yeah basically. <laughs> a bit more expensive, but definitely worth it. We'll, we'll put a we do not promote Amazon, Amazon with well, the giant yeah. boxes. We kind of do. But... Talking about eco and environment, all the cardboard boxes, plastic packaging, all of that stuff. Mm. But it's difficult, isn't it? Because, like, they, they, they're not necessarily evil people. Like, they use it for a reason. And until they find a cheaper solution, they won't they won't stop using it. For example, like, the, the, I guess the reason why they use these packages is to keep the item safe itself, right? And uh, until they find uh, like a cheaper, viable solution that's also ethical, more ethical, let's say. Yeah. But um, yeah, we'll put the link for that product uh, in the, the for, for the listeners to have a look. And if you like it, please buy from our link. And Can I ask a question? Yeah. Just for Chelsea. Yeah. What's your favorite thing to cook? Oh. If this hasn't been asked, I don't know. No, Han, my family is Italian, so I love pasta. Oh, pasta. <laughs> you guys eat everything with bread. I had an Italian friend, that's what he did. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's yeah, just Europe. That's mainland Europe. It is. Like, in Europe, though, it's so nice because you can, like, walk out of your house and there's a bakery across the street. Whereas here in England, bread is pretty gross <laughs> unless you're going to a baker. <laughs> it's just not fresh. But, yeah, I love... Uh, like fresh bread with meals but yeah like pasta is straight up my favorite food mm. and it's really easy like to make vegan well most of it and is made. vegan uh, oh no i haven't tried to make it myself okay but... fair enough that sounds hella difficult then <laughs> that's like it a is. Yeah. It's like yeah. some master chef it. Yeah. it's a struggle technique. you would love steve uh, i'd love the struggle you know i'm all about <laughs> yeah, that yeah you would hey. love the struggle <laughs> i've got a very unrelated question it might sound stupid but is all pasta made in Italy? Because when I go to the shops, all the pasta says made in Italy. Really? Yeah, I've never seen one that's not made in Italy. You yeah, know probably. I mean, they probably make a lot of money from... Bro, I'll tell you what the truth guys. is. Listen, listen, listen. I have a gripe with all this, yeah? It's the same with olive oil. You know what they do, yeah? No offence to any Italians listening <laughs> to this, but we're on to you. What they do is they buy all the olives and stuff from like North Africa and Spain. And then when they produce <laughs> it in Italy... And they slap on that sticker that says "Made in Italy." <laughs> I'm telling yeah. you. I swear, like, I know Morocco is closed, isn't it? You're not allowed to trade. They don't trade, do they? It's no, like I'm closed sure trade. 
Yeah, I, I, I think they have restrictions to protect, yeah. to protect but I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure in agriculture, uh, there's a huge trade with Europe um, because it's, it's quite fertile land. And obviously we can't sustain our, our olive oil put, uh, consumption just on Italy. <laughs> what are they? Just, Italy's just full of olives. <laughs> oh, I love olive oil. No, but I was wondering, like champagne, can only call champagne if it's produced from France. Oh, really? I like, maybe pasta's the same. Ah. Yeah, I don't know. Not sure. Like maybe Harissa. When the coronavirus only come from Algeria. When the, when the virus hit and like Italy and the supermarkets were basically everyone was buying everything, they interviewed the uh, Italian guy and he said there's no more pasta on the shelf and he looked so <laughs> upset. And then he just <laughs> left. And it was like, do they seriously love pasta this much? Like, I thought maybe it was just like, you know, a stereotype. Cool, they like it, but this much. It's a lifestyle. No, it's the lifestyle, yeah. It's a necessity. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Now pasta slush because you can do so much with it. Like mm. there's so many pasta dishes. It's oh, insane. It Never gets boring. Like you can always do something new with pasta. Like my favorite, my boyfriend's favorite, literally is so plain. It's just pasta <laughs> with olive oil, garlic, and chili. And oh, honestly, really like it's so basic, mm. but it's so tasty. I've I've had uh, an Italian friend make that for me once. I, yeah. I know. I think I know what you're on about, and it, it sounds so basic, but it's actually delicious. Yeah, yeah it's really lush. Sick. Yeah. And what, what's that? Do you use that that fish egg stuff? What's it called? Um, that Italian thing. Oh, no, no, you probably don't use it. Of course. What a stupid question. <laughs> <laughs> He's like forgot the whole meaning of the podcast. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> maybe we can uh, try to wrap it up there. I think we, we've had a long time on this, and thank you very much, Chelsea, for coming Thanks. on. And we love, we really love this conversation. I think our viewers will really enjoy it. And uh, maybe so. give a shout out to your Instagram page. Uh. Yeah, I've like, I'm really busy at the moment with work and like moving house. I have been pretty slow on it, but when I move house, I'll probably start it. Yeah. You know, make get back into it again. I think it's uh, at eco at Chelsea Chelsea eco. I'll, I'll read it out correctly. It's mm-hmm. at it Chelsea underscore eco uh, on Instagram. <laughs> Uh, I enjoy it because it, it shows you like what you can do with, and he has some. She posts some really cool recipes on smoothies and stuff. And, <laughs> nice and bright. <laughs> so nice and basic. Bright. <laughs> no, it's delicious and it's, it's it's really cool to have on your feed. So yeah, follow her on that, and we'll include some of these like uh, vegan products, uh, maybe some facial products. She'll give us later on, and the yeah the swab. We'll put it in the listener description and have a look. And if you like it, please buy through the link to support us. Um, thank you very much, Chelsea, and. We can Thanks, wrap it guys. It was fun. Uh, Steve, why didn't you say who said having fun and being serious can't go hand in hand? You- that was bloody brilliant.